welcome to the Present Age Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Malloy. You may know this week's guest from Wet Hot American Summer, Stella, The State, and all of those I love the insert decade here shows that used to air on VH1. He's an author, actor, comedian, and overall good dude, Michael Ian Black. Let's get started. Hello, hello, uh, my guest this week, today, whatever you're listening to this podcast is Michael Ian Black. Hey. Hey. How's it going? I mean, that was quite an introduction. It was. I, I, I'll, I'll record something. <laughs> I'll record something before this. Talk That's about, uh, I'll, I'll you're just, be like. You're making a big assumption that people are going to know what that means or who, who I am. No, that's, no, that, that's I, just I, a giant leap that you're making. I'm gonna be like, he's the guy from that show, Ed. Right, <laughs> he, he's that guy that maybe you saw on TV several in, years in ago. 2000? Did you have VH1 in the early 2000s? That's yes. right. Then you know my next guest. Yes, that will be my. Uh, that will be the the intro I'll record. Yeah. So thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me for this this podcast, which will be listened to by tens of people. Ooh. Maybe maybe hundreds if we're lucky. Well, I mean, that's more than come to my comedy shows lately, so I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, which kind of leads me into what I wanted to chat with you about. So my podcast newsletter both about communication. That's kind of just the general idea, which uh, is great for me because it gives me the opportunity to talk about pretty much anything because pretty much anything falls under the category of communication. But specifically, I have been really interested in stories about how the pandemic has forced people to change how they communicate. For instance, pandemics caused a lot of people to recalibrate how they interact with the world. You've got bands forced to put off touring and instead trying to sell tickets to live stream concerts. Reporters had to rethink news gathering to account for a world where people isolated themselves away from society and just ate up whatever the Facebook algorithm gave them that day. How has the pandemic affected your work and your ability to work for that matter? Uh, well, it devastated it. My main sources of income are acting, performing, and I guess those are my two main sources of income. So showbiz shut down, venues closed. And so, you know, there was a year and change where it was very, very difficult for me to make any money whatsoever. I joined Cameo. That was helpful. Made, I made cameo videos for people. Okay. That was that was my main source of income <laughs> for 2019 and 2020, which, you know, that's not great, but it was a help. Cameo is interesting to me because half the time it's like, oh, that's really sweet. You got that, that celebrity to wish so-and-so a happy birthday. And then the other half of the time it's, haha, you tricked such and such celebrity into saying something coded and really weird. And I mean, and tricked is questionable as it is because you know some people just might be like sure i'll say whatever you want you that's know? me i'll say whatever you want anything just if, if if you want to pay me 85 bucks to say you know what hitler had some good ideas i'm happy to do that cool that, you want. that right there is just going to be my my promo for this episode <laughs> just you saying <laughs> i'm i'm service oriented you know i yeah. i just want to make people happy yeah, I'm like, how can I get more people to listen to my thing? I will have, <laughs> I'll have Michael come on. 
come on and talk about I'm no, not no, saying no, no, it's no. my opinion I'm just saying you paid me to sit to tell you and I'm fine with that yeah um but yes yeah, that's kind of the the general vibe is just this idea that especially people involved in performing whether it's comedy or acting or or even writing I mean la your book came out last year right yeah my last book yes. came out in September of 2020 yes it was uh, called A Better Man, A Mostly Serious Letter to My Son, which you sent me a copy of that, and I read it, and it was great. And it was Thanks. mostly serious, but also funny. One thing I found interesting about it was really just the fact that you focus on a lot of darkness in that book. I, I think you, you opened it with talking about mass shootings, right? Mm -hmm. or so something like that. Yeah. How challenging is it to be funny in a world that is not funny you know that that has so much darkness you know climate change and the pandemic and mass shootings and all of that stuff well i'll take the question generally speaking first sure. yeah. which is i'll say it's um humor has always been the way that people cope with terrible circumstances there have always i mean you know humor will always find a light through the cracks it's just a, it's just a coping mechanism it's just it's genetic it's just who we are um the way you alleviate suffering often is just to make light of it um just to make a joke of it just to flip the awfulness on its head even if it's just for a second so i think that's just who we are as a species specifically with this book that i wrote which does start with school shootings i gave myself permission to not try to be funny. I gave myself permission to just say what I thought about stuff. And if there were jokes along the way, so be it. But I definitely wasn't trying to make it a funny book in any way, shape, or form, which is why the subtitle is A Mostly Serious Letter to My Son, because that's what it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, if someone bought that thinking they were going to get a, a lively romp of happiness that's not a, a lively romp of school shootings and the problems with contemporary masculinity <laughs> this wasn't the book yeah that's not the book for you yeah so so that's that's interesting just just kind of you know how how you know comedy has sort of a release valve to to sort of uh cope with things outside of our control or I think creative expression is so comedy yeah. is just a, a yeah. form of creative expression all art is just you know I think it's all the same thing mm -hmm. it's all how we deal with the condition of being a human it is just our natural impulse to create um we don't have a choice it's just it's just part of who we are as a species so um that's gonna express itself as art or music or comedy or um you know whatever else yeah. I was going to say architecture, but I don't think it really will express itself as architecture. I mean, it could. Did you hear that? There was that recent, recently that article yeah. about the, the billionaire who yeah. was like, I'll give you $200 million <laughs> if you let me design it. If you, may, if you let me make a giant coffin for your students. You know, if I was really rich, that is exactly the kind of thing I would want to do. I'd be like, yeah, I'll give you money if. And then just put one really strange condition on, on everything, you know, right. like... No, it's going to be a state where, look, guys, it's going to be a state-of-the-art dorm. Every, it, it, it's, I'm going to pay for the whole thing. The only thing that's a little weird about it is to get up and down its chutes and ladders 
and the shoots are all water slides and they all end in a vat of hot chocolate. Can we just agree that that's okay? I want to build Willy Wonka's factory. (laughs) (laughs) We can house people in there. Yeah, that's, see, that's that's totally what I do. One thing that I also wanted to kind of ask you about, because you are so much better at this than I am, is you listen to people (laughs) a lot on Twitter when it comes to, because your comedy isn't necessarily political, but but that doesn't mean that you're not involved in the world around you or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I mean, I've watched some really interesting interviews that you've had, you know, you went on Dave Rubin's show five years ago or something like that Mm -hmm. and had an interesting conversation with him. You know, you went on, uh, Adam Carolla's podcast last year, which, yeah, I mean, he's a comedian, but he's also extremely political. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have these really interesting conversations where you're able to kind of diffuse, cause them to put down their their defenses for a, li- for a little bit, to have honest conversations, which is on- honestly lacking in now. I mean, because half the time, if you turn on Dave Rubin, he'll be going on some rant about how trans people are bad or something like that. But the conversation that the two of you had was really interesting because it was focusing on these on these commonalities and and how to kind of agree on the goals and maybe disagree on the methods of getting there. What is (laughs) what's the the secret to doing that to to breaking through to people? Because I think that's that's something where. I, I find myself hitting a wall when when speaking to people who have extremely different political views than me, um, but you seem to be better at it. Well, I think it's 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 a couple things. The first is part of what I learned on Twitter was you got to understand what you're trying to accomplish. If you're just trying to rile up people, that's easy to do and fun and funny, um, and you'll absolutely uh, be successful at that, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, no matter, you know, if your goal is just to like upset people, that's super easy to do. And sometimes that is absolutely my goal. Sometimes that is just the funniest way for me to get through my day is just to upset people. And sometimes incidentally, people on my side, you know, sometimes just I'll say something that I know is just going to rile up my political allies and watch them go nuts because it's funny to me. If the goal is to actually have a conversation and engage with people, and that is absolutely sometimes the goal, I think you you said it yourself in the question. Just listen. Just listen. And before you listen, take the leap of faith that that person has sincere beliefs that they think are reasoned and logical and come from a good place, that they think that their worldview is the correct worldview, that they're not inherently malicious people. And I think if you do that, those two things, you'll tend to have a pretty good conversation with somebody. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think, I, I think most people aren't malicious. I think most people aren't malevolent. I think most people do believe what they're saying. Now there are some people whose beliefs are so abhorrent that I couldn't have a conversation, a reasoned conversation with them, I don't think. Or there's so peop- there's some people who I think are so far up their own asshole that 
you can't get them to crawl out of there to even sniff around anything else. I don't know how productive it is to have those conversations. I, 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 I went on Steven Crowder once and we couldn't even agree. We couldn't agree on anything. We couldn't agree that, you know, he kept using the term rape culture, which I said, which I agreed with him wasn't a helpful term um, because I wanted to broaden out what the conversation was to include the sort of petty indignities that women mostly, mostly women, have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, purely on the basis of their sex. And we couldn't even, we couldn't even get there. Like we just could, there was, there was, we couldn't do anything. Um, And I think he's a good example of a guy whose head is just so far up his own asshole that it's impossible. And this is before Me Too, by the way. This was sort of in, in anticipation of Me Too happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, that that's actually a, a great example of of someone who who I think is uh, m- maybe doesn't be- maybe he believes what he says, but he also seems to enjoy making people angry. That that kind yeah. of seems to be, his and that's a good business model. That's point. absolutely a yeah. fantastic business model, and I wish I could do more of that. I wish I was capable <laughs> of that, but I but I don't. I don't think I could live with myself. Yeah, that's every once in a while I'll I'll kind of think to myself I'll be like, man, I could I could be making absolute bank if I was one of those people who was like, hey, I'm a trans person and I don't think I should have rights. You know, it's like there. Oh there my are god, those, are you kidding me? There, there are. If all you want to run the biggest grift in the world, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because there and there are a few people who do that. Of and course. To, to immense success, and that's. You know, Candace Owens, case in point. I mean, she's not yeah, trans, but yeah, right. But yeah, I mean that that sort of thing. That was kind of I forgot who made this video, but someone took um, it was a video of right after Candace Owens was hired by Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA group, and it was criticism of the group, which had been falling into this sort of cycle of accidentally hiring white supremacists (laughs) right and uh you know as one does and um then they hired her and basically it was the same stuff that the white supremacist that they just had to fire was saying but the messenger was different Mm -hmm. and so it gave everyone permission to go no see i'm not saying it. she's saying it and she's a member of this group and therefore it's fine it's beautiful moral licensing yeah, just a beautiful example of it. Yeah, and and that and that's what frustrates me because it it makes me feel so cynical about all of this because I like to think that my writing is decent and uh, that I that I make decent content, whatever that means these days. But my income is modest, and if I'd spent all day writing rage posts on on the newsletter and sending it out and picking Twitter fights with with people, I'm sure I could be doing much better than I am right now. But that's not why I want to do this. I don't want to be someone who just makes the world an angrier place, which I understand that, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're all angry. I mean, I sometimes I'm angry at things that are both real, imagined, totally in my head, worries about the future, just all sorts of stuff. But I want to make the world a 
nicer place, a, a, a place where we can all kind of coexist, even though that seems to be... That doesn't pay kind as of, well. Yeah, it, it doesn't pay as well. And also, it just it's too easy to say, well, why can't we all just get along? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, some, some beliefs are incompatible with others. You know, if someone believes that it being illegal to fire someone based on them being gay because of their relig religious beliefs say that they sh they cannot have someone who is gay working for them for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know how that's compatible with basic human rights and basic, you know, legal protections. And that's, that's where there's th those frustrations that kind of come in because I don't know how you reconcile these things. And because one side is, one side needs to win, I guess, or because these, these aren't necessarily things you can kind of compromise on. I mean, you can create cutouts and laws and stuff like that, but when you're really breaking it down to on a, on a societal level, it's, it's difficult to, to have these conversations because no one wants to do, do that in, uh, in, in good faith. I mean, because it's, it's not helpful to their cause, especially if the people you're talking to are political activists and not just people hanging out and, you know, or, someone on a podcast or something like that. It's a lot of really hardcore, I have my lines to say, I'm going to say them, and that's it. I am not going to accept whatever comes into my ears. This is all a performance. And that's what that's what so many of those debates are, when people are like, oh, well, we're going to have a debate on my YouTube channel. No one's ever listening to each other. They're just shouting over each other. No, of course. Of it's, course. It's exhausting. And I feel like that's kind of... Part of part of the problem that we're we're in these days is just that that is what is popular and that is what sells and that's not you know there are negative consequences to that and your your style of of humor has always been either you know snarky deadpan kind of stuff or just really great storytelling mm -hmm. and I I forget what it was I think when I yeah I saw saw you at um when you when you came here and. She, to Chicago in 2018. That mm -hmm. was it. You had you had a joke about it was this like lengthy joke about subway sandwiches that just like I can't remember it, but I just remember being like this is just excellent storytelling. This is perfect. <laughs> this is great. And, you know, I, I guess it would be it would be better if I remembered it. But um but Well, there's nothing to remember. It's a, it's about a half hour long story yeah. about getting my sandwich made at Subway. Yeah. And and, and what made what what the appeal of it to me was that I was taking half an hour to describe getting a sandwich made at Subway. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, it was, it, it was good. It was fun. And I can't, I can't do that. Like I, that's a skill that, that someone has to have to be able to make people laugh by talking about something so bland, <laughs> you know, something so every day and, I mean, in, in in my view, I imagine that has to be kind of difficult in, in a world where there's like a lot of really intense things happening around us and to be like, hope everyone's ready for my, you know, <laughs> discussion about sweeping the floor today, you know, like something like that, where you really just kind of take all of that tension that people have going into a room and you can feel it release with, with the crowd, but I feel like that might not transfer, you know, transfer to settings that aren't a bunch of people in a room, which yeah, has I to mean, be you're going, different. you're going into a space where people are there 
to laugh and they're very specifically wanting you to take them kind of wherever you want to go. They're, they're, they're inclined to follow. Um, they're inclined to sort of be lost in it the same way you would be lost in a good movie. You know, you, you, you don't forget your troubles just because you're watching a Star Wars movie, but for those, for that hour and a half or two hours, it's, you're like, okay, I'm willing to invest in Anakin and Palpatine and whatever. I think a comedy show is similar. Um, there are comedians who obviously really specialize in political comedy and you're going there because you want to be riled up and because you want to laugh at, you know, politicians and the state of the world and everything else. And that's, that's all great. And I do a little bit of that. The gift of it, if, if it is a gift, I mean, it's a craft is in just taking the room and, and sort of bringing them along. That's, that's the job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's good. Um, are you working on anything right now? Like what's, what's up in your, in your world? I mean, Nothing. You're, I'm so unemployed. You're so I'm unemployed. So unemployed. I'm touring a little bit. I'm doing a couple podcasts and I'm desperately trying to figure out how to make a living. Oh, what is this pay by the way? <laughs> Making a podcast? Not much. <laughs> your podcast. My appearance on your podcast specifically. What is this? Oh, about? yeah, yeah. That, um, I, uh, well, remember how we gave you a ride to your hotel after that? Uh, we drove. Yeah, to yeah, your yeah, 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 yeah. So there. This is oh. just you paying me back. <laughs> oh, shit. So I was in the hole? Yeah, before? you were. Oh, we, my God. We drove you a whole five minutes from Talia <laughs> Hall to wherever you were staying God that one time. <laughs> That's really all I've got. Thanks so much for for taking the time to chat with me today. I, I really I really appreciate it, and and hope that uh, you know I hope things can get back to normal for the sake of comedians and musicians and just society. I mean, I think we all yeah. want that. That should be one goal that we can all rally around. Is apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if this pandemic thing was over? Yeah. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's today's show. Big thanks to Michael Ian Black for stopping by. As always, you can find a complete transcript of today's episode at readthepresentage.com.